Welcome to the Evident Church Podcast. It's our hope that through this message you'll gain a greater understanding of God's relationship with you and further your life's journey in faith. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you so much for our church family. Thank you for uh, days like today. Um, I pray that today would be a day of rest. I pray that as we come into your presence, God, we would we would be able to lay our anxiousness at your feet. You are capable. You are worthy. Um, the universe uh, spins uh, because of you, and help us to trust and just lean into that today. Uh, we see a lot going on that causes us to have fear, but God, uh, you are not afraid. And you are at peace. Uh, you have a plan. And so please connect us to that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, question for you. We're all going to interact for a second. Uh, I want you to grab somebody around you. Maybe you're sitting by yourself. You're going to have a conversation. Here's the question. Uh, the question is, in one word, how would you describe your relationship with your parents? Now, we're all at different stages. Maybe it's even a, a, a past relationship. In one word, spend about 30 seconds. In one word, how would you describe your relationship with your parents? If you're by yourself, uh, find somebody to pair up with. Uh, Introduce yourself if you have to. In one word, how would you define your relationship with your parents? All right, I'd like to hear some of those words. What are some of the words? Fantastic. Fantastic. She knows how to do it right there. Fantastic. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, we're, and we're not going to pretend here, right? We're, we're real at Evident Church, so uh, interesting, uh, fantastic. What are some other words? Broken. Yeah, broken. Challenging. Challenging. Wonderful. Wonderful. Close, distant, distant apathetic, unconditional love. unconditional love, yeah, amen. What are some other words? Trust, Trust comes to your mind, respect and honor, respect and honor. Stressful. stressful, hey, hey, we take it all, we take it all. <laughs> Did I hear some amens? Do you guys know each other? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, right. My relationship with my parents, uh, I've shared with you before a few times, but uh, if you don't know who, my story, um, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my mom and dad, my dad was a pastor. I had a great experience and still continue to have a great relationship with my parents. I would say uh, my parents are some of my closest friends, uh, but I recognize that that's not the case. That's not everyone's story. And um, we're continuing in a series today called Love Rules, and it's really a series, a look uh, a new look at an old set of rules God has given to us known as the Ten Commandments. And we talked at the beginning of this series that, that we're calling this love rules uh, because we're not looking at the Ten Commandments as you have to do all these to get into heaven. That's typically how we look at the Ten Commandments, right? Have you kept all the Ten Commandments? And if you do, then you're right with God and you get to go in when St. Peter, you know, at the, at the door at the gate, all right? But that's not the way it works. We have Jesus, Right? We have Jesus. Our relationship with God 
begins with his son, Jesus. And we should all say a huge amen to that. It doesn't have to do with our performance or keeping of rules, that we are saved by grace through faith. Amen, church? But God does say he wants us to love him. And so the Ten Commandments give us a picture. God's saying, here's how you love me. The first four deal with our relationship with God. The next six, God apparently thought we needed more help loving each other. The next six deal with our relationships with each other. And so these are what we're calling love rules. It's how we love God, how we love people. Evan DeYoung, uh, author of a book on the Ten Commandments, said the Ten Commandments are not instructions of how to get out of Egypt. They are rules for a free people to stay free. Right? He's given them to a group of people. He's just set free from bondage, i.e. us and salvation. We're set free from sin. We're set free from death. So these rules aren't meant to enslave us. They're meant to keep us free. God says, here's how you function in a free, as a free person. Put me first, right? Don't take me for granted. And then last week we learned about rest. God says, I want you to rest. If you're going to honor and love me, how cool is that? Can we just give God like, can we just celebrate that for a second, right? That we have a God who says, hey, by the way, take a break. You're working too hard. God is so good to us. And so we begin today in the fifth commandment the first in the series of six about how to love people. And I want to just be honest with you, it is an odd one to start with. You guys know what the fifth commandment is? That's okay. No, no. <laughs> you know, it's honor your father and mother. And, and we're kind of like, really, God? Like before, do not murder? Before, like, so this is the first one. So we're asking the question, why? Why is this so important? And I, one of my theories is that Moses had a troubled child, and he wanted to slip this one in here. Maybe they're supposed to be five and five, and Moses is like, no, we got to take out that fifth one for God. we got to add another one in here for, but no, I don't think that's the case. Um, but so what is it? Why is this so important, and why is this in here? So uh, we're going to read to you what the commandment says, and, and then we're going to look at a New Testament um, expression of it as well. So here's what it says, Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 12. It says very simply, it says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. And then Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, gives us some more expressions of it, some more teaching. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And all the parents said, amen. Amen. All right. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And then God knew that we would need this last verse. It says, fathers, it doesn't address mothers. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And we thought today, as we looked at the calendar for the fall, would be a good day to do um, baby dedications because we knew we'd be talking about this subject. But I just want to acknowledge and recognize uh, that... um, that parenting and this idea of honoring our parents is complex, that we don't all have good, healthy situations. But I do think God can teach us something uh, from this commandment. Do you believe that? All right, two people do. Awesome. <laughs> we'll keep going anyway. I, am, I, I have a lot of faith, so here we go. Um, I love this story. The story is told about this young guy. And for whatever reason, all these little children that disobey, their name is always Johnny in these stories. But 
But young Johnny was in a grocery store, and uh, he wanted something. His mom was saying, you know, no, you're not going to. And he just kept, kept asking, kept asking, kept throwing a tantrum. And finally, his mom got him some du- subdued and uh, got him to sit down in the grocery cart. And he said, you know what? I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. You know, he's... Um, I think if we're honest, I think this commandment, the fifth commandment, is probably the most abused. We know parents who have held this over kids' heads and said, you know, you need to honor me. Um, that's not God's intent either. Um, but to give honor uh, is what we're talking about. So honor your father and mother. Here's what the word honor means. Honor is a, a Hebrew word that literally means to give weight to. When you give weight to something, you give meaning and significance to it. You allow it to have um, force or influence in your life. You acknowledge a person for what they've done or for who they are. Um, I love this story of uh, a lady who stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts um, to park. This is not a funny story. This is an example of honor. I just feel like I need to preface that. <laughs> you never know so much with pastor stories. But she stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts. True, true story. Uh, she came out after she got what she needed to get, and she saw a uh, she wasn't sure what it was on her windshield. She was thinking maybe it was a, a parking ticket or maybe someone complaining about how she parked. But it actually, as she opened it up, it was a couple of $20 bills. And the letter uh, said that they took note of her bumper sticker on her car. And they said, um, uh, I noticed the sticker on the back of your car. Take your hero out to dinner when he comes home. Thank you both for serving him deployed and you waiting. Signed, United States Veteran. The sticker on the back of her car said, half my heart is in, is in Afghanistan. I think that's a great example of honor. I'm not, I'm not attempting to get political, but I'm just saying that is showing honor uh, to someone who is doing something honorable. Um, we could honor everyone in this room. I think that all of you have traits, or all of you have aspects of who you are that we could just take time, and I wish we could. I wish we could have each one of you stand. Some of you are starting to sweat right now, but... Wish we could have you stand and we could just take some time and show honor to each of you because you are honorable in ways that we could show honor to. I started thinking about different groups of people that came to my mind as people we could honor. Um, and for some reason, a few different categories of people came to my mind. First of all, single moms um, came to my mind. I think that we can honor. Can we just take a second to honor uh, single moms in the room? Like to get like honestly to clap and celebrate and honor them. I know what a challenge it is uh, to raise kids uh, with my wife and I, and I can only imagine the challenges. So that is worthy of honor. Would you agree with that, church? Um, I believe that those who suffered injustice but still keep their head high, I think they're worthy of honor. Um, for some reason, <laughs> middle school band teachers came to mind. <laughs> I, <have> no <laughs> I think that middle school band teachers deserve some honor. Would you agree with this? <laughs> If you've ever been to a middle school band concert, <laughs> it's like, how in the world? But we honor, <laughs> we honor. That's a, that's a rare form of torture right there. <laughs> it is right to honor uh, those whom, to whom honor is due. God says this is right, to honor someone, uh, not dishonor them. He says, I will reward this. Um, would you agree that this is maybe something that's lacking in, in the DNA, the fabric of our culture? It's a lack of honor. God calls us to honor. He says, when you learn to honor your parents, you're learning to honor in general, and God will reward that. So three quick observations about this text that I think are really interesting. 
Uh, first one is this, is that God tells us to honor our parents, and yet he knew that they would be imperfect. He knew that they would be imperfect. So what that tells me is that honor has more to do with you than it does with the other person. Honor tells us more about who you are than who they are. Honor tells us more about your heart than it does about their heart. If you're struggling to honor, it may be that there's something that God wants to do in your heart uh, rather than in theirs. Think about this. Even Jesus perfectly submitted himself to his imperfect parents. Isn't that pretty amazing? Even when Mary gave advice that probably it wasn't sinful advice, maybe it wasn't even the best advice, you know what Jesus would have done? He would have honored his mom. In fact, that's what happens with Jesus' first miracle. Uh, they're at a wedding and Mary says, hey, we've run out of wine. And Jesus is like, that's not my problem. <laughs> he didn't say it that way. That would have been dishonoring or disrespectful. But he said, my time hasn't come. And she says, no, I think that your time has come. And so that's Jesus' first miracle. He turns water into wine. He's honoring his mom. Um, and I don't think this means obeying people blindly or obeying our parents blindly. Whenever it contradicts what God would command us to do, we're, not supposed, to, we're supposed to honor God above everyone else. Is that, isn't that right? And it doesn't mean that it's lifelong. Um, I, don't, I don't think God instructs uh, older parents to command and have uh, adult children obey in the same. We're supposed to honor still, but those relationships change. But God says, even though your parents are imperfect, there's still ways to honor them. We're called to honor our parents. Secondly, God, uh, we see this in this passage, that honoring parents, I believe, translates into honoring God. One of the reasons I believe this is the first of the six is because honor is, a, is the building block of relationship. Think about that for a second. If you are honoring someone, you're probably not going to take their life. Would you agree with that? Like, so if you honor someone, you're going to respect their life. If you honor someone, you're not going to lie to them. So honor is the building block of relationship. If I know and trust that you're going to honor me, I know that you're not going to talk bad about me. Does that make sense? You're going to honor. So honor is a building block. And God says when, you honor our, when we honor our parents, we're actually learning also to honor God. When we can learn to honor others who are imperfect, we can easily honor God who is perfect. So one of the things I look for in my parenting, quick parenting tip, um, I don't claim to have any uh, corner on the market, but uh, one of the things I try to look for as we were parenting our three daughters is um, I'm not so much concerned about the, the outward behavior, as strange as that may sound. What I'm trying to pay attention to is what's going on in their heart. So parents, please don't parent toward behavior modification. That will only get them so far. Parent toward heart modification through the gospel. Does that make sense? So I'm looking for things like what's going on. So you hit your sister, right? My kids are human too, all right? So you hit your sister. <laughs> but let's, they, they don't like it, but we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Why did you hit your sister? We're going to get down to the nitty gritty. What's going on in your heart that's causing you to act out in this way. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to find out what's going on because I want to help point them uh, to God. I want to help them learn to honor God by learning to honor my wife and myself. <clears throat> so 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because 
God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Honoring our parents is the beginning point of learning to honor everyone else and also to honor God. Isn't that amazing? Number three, then, observation is that God honors those who honor others. When we choose to honor God, God chooses to bless us. So when I'm helping my kids learn to honor my wife and I, I'm also helping them to be blessed by God. Uh, another quick little parenting thing. I've got to get some of these plugs in while I get a chance. I've got the microphone. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to encourage you. Your, your kids, don't need, they don't need you to be their friend. If you're a parent, that's a unique role. They don't need you to be their friend. They need you to be their parent. You're the only parent they have. They have other friends. They need a parent to guide and direct them, not to lord it over them, but to lead them. So be their parent. When we help our kids honor us, it helps them to honor God, and God says he will bless them in their life, their life for this. Uh, one example I can think of for myself is when I was about third or fourth grade, I had one of those old school paper routes, like the good kind, the kid on the bike, and they rolled up papers, and he's throwing them onto the, the porch, except when you don't always get them onto the porch to say you can't do that anymore. And anyways, it's part of my story. But after about a month, my brother and I wanted to give up our paper route because we found out that it wasn't any fun. It was every single day. It was Monday through Friday in the afternoons after school, and it was Saturday early morning, and it was Sunday early morning. One guy got his paper on Sunday around, uh, around uh, 8 o'clock, and he, he was waiting for it on his porch. He's a grumpy old man. He said, I thought this was supposed to be the early paper. I was like, Here you go. Here's your paper. <laughs> so we wanted to quit after a month. My dad didn't let us quit. My dad said, you're going to commit to doing this for at least a year. Right? Yeah, I know. Wow, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so we did, though, but we learned something by being under his authority it helped me develop some things in my character as a young person that God would be able to bless later on in my life. Does this make sense? So God honors those who honor others. If you will decide in your life, I'm going to choose to honor other people, you can trust that God will, will bless you and he will honor you. I would rather have God's blessing and God's honor, wouldn't you? I would like to choose that. So God established authority, and we respect those in positions of authority. This is a lost concept, but God says, this is the way it works in my kingdom. He says, if you honor and respect others, I will honor you. That's pretty cool to have God honoring you. That's a pretty neat place to be. So a couple of quick questions, and then we'll get to some really practical stuff uh, that I'm excited to share. So some questions for you to consider is, are you or am I honoring the people in my life that God has placed over me? So am I recognizing honor due in those around me? Am I honoring my parents? Am I honoring my boss? Am I honoring my leaders? What does it look like to honor them, and what does it look like to dishonor them? You have to ask yourself, am I honoring them? The question for parents is, am I helping my children to honor me and ultimately to honor God? Am I shepherding my child's heart Am I leading them toward Jesus or simply toward my ideal picture of them, my ideal comfort level? I think we're guilty as parents sometimes of parenting to a comfort level. Um, 
I just, I'll stop right there. Okay, cool. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, okay, no, nope, move on. Okay, good. <laughs> Last question is, am I living a life worth imitating? Or simply put, am I living an honorable life as a parent? And am I, is my life worth someone honoring? Am I living a life that I would want my kids to imitate? Am I living a life worthy of respect? Would I be pleased, excited, and ready if my life were all of a sudden to be replicated by my kids? Because it will be, um, to be broadcast. Sometimes my kids will say things or do things, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's me right there. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> all right, so four quick things I think w- would help us to apply this. I just thought of four conversations, because there's so many relationships represented in the room. Four conversations, you can apply one of these conversations to your life. Here's the first one. Um, kids to parents. So if you're a young kid in the home, uh, I want to challenge you with this conversation. Have a conversation with your parents that says, please help me with. Humble yourself. Recognize you have something to learn from your parents. Uh, They may not dress as cool as you think they should. Uh, They may not know the latest technology, uh, but they know a thing or two, what? About a thing or two. And you will be blessed if you listen to their instructions. The parent-child relationship is not supposed to be adversarial. It's supposed to be cooperative. That's what this is teaching us. It's supposed to be cooperative, that our children are supposed to look to us for advice and counsel and not seek to rebel from us. That's, that's not a biblical perspective on raising children. So kids, say to your parents, please help me. I was teaching my dad about uh, Redbox the other day. And I was like, Dad, this is a really amazing thing. You go, just get whatever movie you want. You turn it, return it wherever you want to. He's like, oh, that's really cool. He's like, I, I've, never, I've never had a Red Bull before. No, Dad, Redbox. Redbox, not, not Red Bull. Redbox. But our parents have so much, so much wisdom, and we will do well to listen to those um, who've gone ahead of us. So that's the first conversation is, please help me with. That's humbling ourselves. Second question is from parents to kids. Parents who have young kids in the home, I want to encourage you to have more of these conversations. They're called I see in you. Everyone say that with me. Say, I see in you. Here we go. I see in you. Parents to kids, instilling in them belief and confidence. I see in you. These attributes. I believe that God has placed this inside of your heart. When I pray with my kids at night, uh, when I get the chance, I try to pray and, and cast vision into them. I'm trying to instill in them a sense of belief in them because God believes in them, right? God, thank you for the plan that you have for their life. Thank you that, for how amazing you've made them. Thank you that you've saved them, that you love them. I see in you, my parents did a great job of doing this for me in sports and in school and in ministry. Uh, I can remember one of the things that my dad instilled in me as a young kid. Uh, I grew up playing basketball and soccer and stuff, and I was always a pretty small kid, uh, kind of a late bloomer. I was still growing on into college, basically. Um, But my dad uh, kept giving me a phrase. He said, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's about the size of what? The fight in the dog, right? And I just latched onto that. I was like, okay, it's about the heart you have. But what he's instilling in me is that I believe in you. And when we know that our parents believe in us, man, can, is it so much easier to believe that God believes in us. We have to believe. We ha- it's so important for us to know that our parents believe in us. I want to challenge you to have more of those conversations. I see in you. 
Uh, third conversation, adult children to adult parents. Simple conversation that says, thank you for. Uh, oftentimes we don't recognize what our parents have sacrificed for us until we start parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that, right? Yeah, so I would encourage you, if you haven't, but on a regular basis, go ahead and say, thank you for. Honor them. Now, there, there may be flaws. I know there are but honor them for those places and the sacrifices and the things that they've done. Recognize and honor them for their sacrifice, for their hard work, for changing your dirty rear end. Uh, thank them if, if, if it applies for their Christian heritage. What a gift. Parenting is not easy. Everybody, there should be lots of amens about that, right? Man, as a young pastor, when we didn't have any kids, I would always uh, struggle when, when families would arrive late to church. But as, as soon as we had kids, I was like, I get it. I understand. You're coming in, dragging yourself in, and the, the third worship song or something, it's like, hey, you're here. You made it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, but thank you for, thank you for. And one of the things I've thanked my dad for recently, my dad uh, just continues to raise the bar for me about what's possible. Uh, he took on a new hobby recently called powered paragliding. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so it's basically a parachute, and then it has like a three-wheeled cart with a gas propeller on the back of it. And uh, his dream has always been to land this in his front yard. They live in Grand Rapids. And so he sent me a video a couple weeks ago of him landing that plane in his front yard. My mom's praying. She's oh, Jesus, please help me, Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking, Dad, is your life insurance paid up? <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I responded back to him later like, Dad, thank you for raising the bar. Thank you that you're not at home like sitting on the couch, but you're getting after it, right? Thank you, thank you for setting this example for me and modeling this for me. I believe that you probably have something like that that you need to tell your parents thank you for. And then the last conversation is this one. Um, adult parents to adult kids. Um, I love my relationship with my parents. I'm not saying it's the way every relationship would be, but if you're an adult parent, um, of adult kids. Uh, what I love about my parents is that my parents are there if we need them. They're close, but they don't meddle. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, anybody? Okay, never mind. All right, all right. But we go to them all the time for counsel and advice. Isn't that what you want as an adult parent of adult kids? You want them to come to you? And um, so here's two phrases that I think adult parents to adult kids should say. I think the first one is, I'm sorry for... I think if adult parents would be willing to humble themselves and acknowledge and say, hey, we got it wrong in this area, what a difference that would make in adult kids' lives. Would you agree with that? That would have a huge impact to see your mom or your dad humble themselves and acknowledge something that they did wrong. The other phrase, if you're not comfortable with that one, or maybe once you get past uh, get this phrase first, another one is, I'm proud of you for. If you could hear as adult kids, if you could hear your, your dad and mom tell you that they're proud of you, wouldn't that make a huge difference? I'm proud of you for the man that you've become. I'm proud of you for the, the daughter that you've become, the, the father, the wife, the mother, uh, the, the, the teacher, whatever it is. If they could express their pride in you, wouldn't that make a huge difference? So that's a conversation that you could have. I think of Jesus. I think of uh, when he was baptized, um, we see uh, God expressing his pride in his son. This is my son. In whom I am what? In whom I am well pleased. 
Uh, Jesus teaches about the parable of the talents, and at the end, uh, the, the master says, well done, what does he say? Good and faithful servant. These are so important to have these kinds of conversations. Uh, I'll rehearse them real quick with you. Kids to parents, please help me with uh, parents to kids. I see in you adult children to adult parents. Thank you for adult parents to adult kids. I'm sorry for or I'm proud of you for. So I'll share one uh, like little parenting fail as we wrap up. I've shared this before because it's such a good example of, of parent fail, but uh, I was doing the dad thing on a Saturday a couple years ago, and uh, famous for my Totino's frozen pizzas, and so we were getting ready to feast on that magnificent $1.25 uh, meal, and uh, brought it out to our garage. Our kids were riding bikes around and just having fun in the nice weather, and uh, got it all set up and uh, got some of it onto my youngest daughter's plate, and I turned my back, and I heard this loud crash. And her pizza and everything was upside down on the garage floor. And I did not have a good dad moment. Um, if I recall correctly, they could probably help me, but I think I may have even taken one of the little carts that they were riding around on. And it may have found itself further down the driveway. I'm not, a, I'm not proud to admit it, but it all of a sudden it was a flying machine. And my daughter instantly obviously burst into tears. And I recognized immediately what I had done, and I started apologizing to her. I said, you know, Daddy shouldn't have done that, and I'm really sorry. And she's the type, uh, she does not want to be consoled. Uh, she's defiant, uh, and she's like, you know, she's over on the side of the, the garage, and I was like, I'm sorry, Annabelle, I, I should not have done that. And to, to drive it further, she goes, and you're a pastor. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's... She gets that from her mom. <laughs> She's way, way too smart for, for being five years old. <laughs> uh, but absolutely right, right? Um, and uh, just, you know, we're not always going to get it right as parents. And our parents certainly didn't and won't. Um, but we keep pointing our kids to the one who is perfect, to Jesus, right? We are not our kid's savior. Uh, we keep pointing them to him. And I don't know what kind of relationship, you know, you described that you think about as you think about this commandment, but God calls us to honor and he says, I will honor you if you choose to honor those around you. So would you guys stand with me as we pray? God, I thank you for your grace for us that flows so freely. And God, I, I uh, thank you that even though I know that I'm not a perfect parent, um, you've still commanded my children to honor me. And that is your grace. I don't always deserve their honor, but you still call them to honor me. So Father, help us to learn from that. Help us to humble ourselves and to honor one another, to honor our parents, to honor um, those over us in authority and leadership and trust that you will bless and you will honor us for that. I thank you for our parents. Thank you for those in the room that uh, maybe were, were raised by uh, people other than their biological parents. God, thank you for the blessing of providing. And God, we, we thank you ultimately that you are the perfect heavenly father that we lean into. We thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening. We hope that you found this message personally meaningful. For more information on Evident Church, be sure to visit us online at evidentchurch.com.